This is Crossroads with Clayton King. Hey, welcome back to part two of a message that I hope you got to hear last time. This was preached at Crossroads Winter Conference in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, a special event that we've put on as a ministry now for 26 years. It's coming up again this January, and we wanted you to hear what it's like and feel what it's like in the room with almost 2,000 teenagers learning what it means to live on purpose, to be the salt of the earth, to be the light of the world, to be a city on a hill. So we're going to pick up part two right now. I hope you're ready to learn something from the Holy Spirit. Let's get ready to learn who God has called us to be. Then Jesus goes on to say, we are the light of the world. We are the light of the world. We're the salt of the earth, but we're also the light of the world. I had a professor in seminary, Gardner-Webb. He'll probably never see this, but um, gosh, I wish he could. His name is Todd Still. He's now, I think, the provost at Baylor. He uh, was a New Testament professor. This guy, I'm not kidding y'all, He'd walk into a room. He was quirky and nerdy. And I love me some nerds because I'm kind of nerdy myself. Y'all don't know I'm nerdy because I got a beard. I'm bald. And some people think I'm a pro wrestler. But I'm telling you, I, I, I like to nerd out. And, and Dr. Still was just this quirky, cool, nerdy, like, guy. I don't know how to put it. But he would walk into a room and his face, his demeanor, his presence would literally, guys, I'm not kidding y'all, light up the room. When he walked in the room, people would make eye contact with him. Dr. Still. And for his good friends, he would say, call me Todd. And I was his student. He was my professor. And after we went to Greece and Turkey together, he told me to start calling him Todd. I'm like, I don't know if I can do that, man. I'm old school Southern boy. Like, I might be able to call you Mr. Todd. I don't think I can call you by your first name. He would literally walk into a room and everybody would gravitate toward him. When I think about what it means to be the light of the world, I want to be like Todd Still. I want to be the guy that walks into a conversation. I want to be the guy that walks into the gym. I want to be the guy that walks into the gas station that goes to pay for my groceries at, 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 at wherever I'm shopping at Publix or, or, or um, Ingles. I want to be the guy that even if I'm having a bad day, I remember who I am. I remember my purpose and that I get to, I might be the only light that somebody sees that whole day. You know, sitting backstage thinking how to say this. I was going to say this. I was going to say, you are going to come in contact with people every day that never hear an encouraging word unless it comes out of your mouth. And then I felt like, no, I need to change up the way I'm going to say that. Some of you know how that feels because some of you never hear an encouraging word from anybody else. Some of you have never had anyone consistently tell you that they're proud of you that you've done a good job, that you're special. Some of you have never heard your mom or your dad ever say, I appreciate you. I'm glad you're my daughter. I'm glad God gave you to me as my son and nobody else. If I could have pre-ordered a child 
I would have ordered you off of Amazon. Some of you have never heard an encouraging word like that. If you've never heard an encouraging word like that, or if you don't hear enough encouraging words like that, think about your friends that don't know Jesus, that don't get a chance to come to Crossroads Winter Conference, that don't go to church like you, that may not have been raised in a good, godly home like you. And when you go to school, instead of dragging yourself out of bed and telling yourself all this negative self-talk, today's gonna be terrible, my teacher gets on my nerves, that guy that sits next to me never brushes his teeth or brushes his hair, and sometimes he wears sandals and his toenails are gross. You know who I'm talking about, don't you? Because every school's got one. And if you don't know who it is, I hope it's not you. <laughs> I don't want to see that girl because she's always mean to me and she always looks at me like she thinks she's better than me. Instead of talking yourself full of all kind of negativity, wake up in the morning and literally while you're still laying in bed, while, you, while, while the alarm is still like beeping in your ear, just say a prayer. Jesus, would you use me today to be the light of the world? Would you use me to speak an encouraging word to somebody? Would you use me to just be sensitive? Because, hey guys, ladies, listen, th this, is not, this is not me just like, this is not me um, trying to exaggerate. Suicide rates have never been higher in America right now, ever. And among your generation, suicide rates have doubled in a decade. Some of you may have even thought about taking your own life. Some of you may have a consistent battle with that thought. And everybody in this room comes in contact with somebody that leaves school and goes home and they don't know if they're going to have food for supper. They don't know if dad's going to come home from work drunk, sober, or come home at all. They don't know if mom's going to bring another boy home another man home. They don't know if dad is going to leave. If they, they don't know if mom and dad are going to get divorced or stay together. Some of you are in that situation. How much more of a difference could we make in the world if every day we just said, Lord, you've already told me I'm the light of the world. Shine your light through me and show me broken, sad people that need what I have. And listen, I'm gonna let you off the hook. They don't need your personality. They don't need your jokes. They don't need you to just, just to be goofy, but be goofy if you want to, that's okay. I'm not telling you not to. You know what they need? The one thing that you have that they need the most, they need the hope. They need the encouragement. They need the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's good news. I wonder how many people that I've come in contact with in my life that I've smiled at or said hello to, or that I've said, thank you, I appreciate you. I've wondered how many times I've prayed over the years, 36 years of following Jesus, Lord, use me today to encourage somebody, that he's taken that prayer and answered it by letting me encourage someone, and I never even knew that they had a plan to kill themselves that afternoon. When we get to heaven, Jesus is going to reveal some crazy stuff to us about how he used us to help others and we weren't even aware of it. And I've learned this. If I could just share this with y'all, it's a cheat code to happiness. I've got the cheat code to happiness. I'm telling you, I've learned this. Quit waiting on other people to make you feel good. You go help other people feel good.
Quit waiting on it to come to you. Quit waiting on everybody else to encourage you. Go encourage somebody. Quit waiting on somebody to tell you, hey, I really appreciate you. Go tell somebody you appreciate them. Hey, I bet, I bet you my salary. I bet you my salary. If I gave you access to my phone every single day of my life, with rare exception before 8 a.m., I'm texting a brother somewhere in America, a pastor, a friend. I'm texting some guy before 8 a.m. every day to tell him I'm praying for him and I hope he has a good day. I'm not telling y'all, oh, look at me. I'm this great Christian who does that. I'm telling y'all, I need a lot of encouragement. I'm insecure. I'm a verbal processor. I need people to verbally encourage me. I may not ever, if, if I don't encourage other people, I know I will never get enough encouragement to make me feel secure. That's not how God wired us to be. If I keep waiting on everybody to make me happy, I'll be so unhappy because nobody can make me happy. And then I'll be mad at everybody for not making me happy. But instead, I want to be a source of joy. I want to be a light. I want to be a guy that's got a big smile on his face. And look, some of y'all are like, well, what if I'm not happy. Fake it till you make it. Just do it anyway. Well, what if I'm not in a good mood? What if I'm not in a good mood? Well, let, let, me, let, me, let me just use that logic on you another way. What if you only went to school on the days that you woke up and were excited about going to school? You would flunk out and you'd be, You'd be in big trouble. Hey, adults, what if we only went to work on the days that we were happy about going to work? Well, we'd have to move to a socialist country because somebody's going to have to pay me. We'd have, to be a, we'd have to be a communist nation where everybody makes the same amount. Because I would, look, I'm in ministry and I love my job, but half the time, I, I'm not really excited about going to have another meeting or, or having a really difficult conversation. I do it because... I know it's the right thing and I know it's who I am. I'm a pastor, I'm a shepherd, I'm a Christian, I'm an evangelist, I'm a husband to Shari, I'm a dad to Jacob and Jojo, I'm the president of this ministry, I'm a pastor of a local church. So listen, honestly, it doesn't really matter how I feel. My feelings will follow my actions. But we're waiting on our actions to follow our feelings. In other words, a lot of us is like, well, if I don't feel like doing it, I'm just not going to do it until I feel like it. But what happens if you never feel like it? Then you miss out on the joy of being the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Light means encouragement. It means illumination. It means that you, wherever you go, carry that lamp. It's bright with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus said one more thing here. He said, you are the salt of the earth. You're like a salary. You have value. You're the light of the world. You, you drive out darkness. You bring encouragement wherever you go. But then he said one more thing. We are a city on a hill. You are a city on a hill. You are. We, the church, we, the people of God, we, the Christians bought by the blood of Jesus Christ, we are situated in such a way that people are looking at us. I think I may have said this Friday night. 
And if I did, I'll make it quick. As a matter of fact, I'm pretty sure I did. But if, if this wall wasn't there in the back, you could look right out of like the corner. And some of y'all today, when you're walking around, it was a pretty day. It was a sunny day. Praise God for the sun. Got my vitamin D in today. But if you look right up the hill, you're going to see a hotel called the Park Vista. It's a big round hotel up on the, up on the hill above Gatlinburg. That's where Crossroads started 26 years ago. We had 300 kids the first year, 26 years ago. Sherry and I had just met. That hotel is on a hill. I walked all around Gatlinburg today, trying to get my steps in, trying to stay healthy. Lost 30 pounds in the last 15 months. Almost died, my appendix burst. Got sepsis, got real sick, realized I don't ever wanna be sick again. So I've got, I'm, I'm on a health journey, I'm doing good. It's hard, I'm trying to be disciplined. And uh, I took a walk, I wanted to get out. And everywhere I walked in Gatlinburg today, I did a bunch of back streets. Um, Everywhere I walked, I could see the Park Vista Hotel. Everywhere in Gatlinburg I walked, I could see the Park Vista. Why? Because it's on a hill. It's literally a higher elevation than the rest of the city. So here's what Jesus says about us. This is our identity. You are a city on a hill. Can I just um, paraphrase that? Hey, y'all, look. Look up here. Everybody on me. Look up here. Whether you like it or not, whether it makes you happy or mad, whether you agree or disagree with it, here's what, here's what you are, here's what I am. We are on display. We're on display. The world is looking at us. And I'm not throwing stones or throwing shade. But when celebrity Christian leaders have moral failures and cover up sexual sin, that's on display too. When Christian dads cheat on their wives, that's on display. When people who love Jesus get on social media and use their platform to bash, I'm not talking about preaching the truth and standing for the word, I'm talking about bashing other people because of their politics or because of their sexuality. That's on display. I'm not talking about being bold for your faith and standing for the truth of God's word. I'm talking about being a city on a hill. I hope this message gives you a taste of what it feels like to be in the room at Crossroads Winter Conference with about 2,000 teenagers from all over the East Coast. Hey, you might be a youth pastor and you're looking for an event to take your students to. Maybe you're a mom or a dad and you've got teenagers, or maybe you're a student yourself and you'd like to attend this special event. I wanna invite you to come and be a part of it. This coming January, Martin Luther King Jr. weekend, it's January the 12th through the 15th, Gatlinburg, Tennessee. Come and be a part of this with us. Go to our website, very simple, crossroadswinterconference.com. The prices are there, location, all the details, crossroadswinterconference.com. We have seen God do miracles over the last 26 years, and this year it's gonna be amazing. Come and join us at Crossroads Winter Conference in Gatlinburg, and now back to the message. I wanna be the kindest person that a lost person ever comes in contact with because I'm on display. And guys, I'm gonna let you in on something. Because some of y'all are about to surrender to a call to ministry in about, I don't know, five minutes when I give this invitation. I'm gonna let you in on a secret. 
I'm being as transparent and honest as I can be, and I'm just saying whatever I feel like the Spirit's given me to tell y'all. The life that I live in ministry, that your youth pastor lives in ministry, that your pastor lives in ministry, um, the life that you're... Um, some of you are, are unaware of is a life where Luke 12, 48 comes alive. Jesus said, to whom much is given, much will be demanded. And then James, the brother of Jesus, James chapter three, verse one, he literally warns, he says, not many of you should become teachers because you know that you will be held to a higher standard. And y'all, I struggle with my temper and I'm not a very patient person by nature and, I'll, and I like to get what I want and I know how to get what I want because I'm good with my words. That's how I make a living. That's how I do what God's called me to do. And I'm just telling y'all, so many times the Holy Spirit has to restrain me because I forget I'm on display. I'm not saying you can't make a mistake and I'm not saying you can't sin. Of course, we're gonna continue to sin. And God's grace will continue to forgive us and cleanse us. But this happens so many times that I forget I am a representative of Jesus Christ. So I'll give you an example. If you work for Chick-fil-A, they have a high standard of service and excellence for their employees. As a matter of fact, if I'm ever out in public anywhere and I say thank you to somebody for something, I don't care what they're wearing. They could be in a ski outfit. And if I say thank you and they say my pleasure, I say you work for Chick-fil-A. Because when they work for Chick-fil-A, they're always wearing that uniform. Whether they're wearing the uniform or not, they represent not just a restaurant, but they represent values that Truett Cathy started in the way back in the 19, late 50s, late 1950s. We wear the jersey that says Jesus on it. We wear the jersey that says church on it. We're on the same team and we get it wrong. But when we get it wrong, let's come back to this place of remembering I'm on display. That means the students in my class who are bragging about their sexual escapades the students who are talking about gender fluidity, the students around me who are talking about political ideologies that I disagree with, my coworker who is pro-abortion and they think I'm crazy because I'm pro-life. How can I best be on display with the kindness as well as the truth of the gospel so that I don't turn them off to who Jesus is? I'm on display. Let me unpack that for you as I close. Remember, Jesus said these words while he was living and teaching in Galilee. Galilee is where Jesus was raised. He was born in Bethlehem, raised in Nazareth. Spent most of his ministry time in the Galilee region. There's a lake there called the Sea of Galilee. I've been there 10 times. Shari and I just got back. We've got some friends here that were just with us on this trip that ended uh, just in November. And we spent a lot of time in Galilee, and I took our team. Shari and I showed them the spot where we believe right around that area was where Jesus stood when he told his followers, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. You are a city on a hill. And we know that within a, a pretty reasonable amount of distance, this one spot right there on the shore of, the, of this freshwater lake that they call the Sea of Galilee, 
That's where Jesus stood and taught the Sermon on the Mount. But when Jesus said you are a city on a hill, Jesus was pointing to a city on a hill across the lake. And that city was called Tiberias. And that city is still there. It was named after a Roman general named Tiberius, who was such a great warrior and war leader that he became the emperor of Rome. And Tiberius was built on the Sea of Galilee, right there on a hill, going sloping down to the, to the lake to honor this Roman general. And at night, when it was dark, everybody in their house would light an olive oil clay lamp to light their house. And if you had lived back when Jesus was there in the daytime, you'd have seen Tiberius from anywhere around the Sea of Galilee. You couldn't miss it, kind of like the Park Vista here. And at night, if you were across the lake in Capernaum, you would have looked and seen all the lights up along the side of the hill. And so one night, one of our last nights on this last trip to um, Israel, we baptized in the Sea of Galilee right at dusk as the sun was going down. And that night, after we all got dried off, some of us walked out on this dock out into the Sea of Galilee and I took out my iPhone and I took a picture of Tiberius. And here it is. That's the actual city that Jesus was pointing to. The same place it's been for 2,000 years. You, you can't hide a city on a hill. It's not private, it's public. Look at that city. That's who you are. You're on display. The world can see us. The world's watching us. They're watching how we handle issues. They're watching how we agree or disagree with our opponents on an issue. They're listening to how you talk in your chemistry class. They're watching to see if you do your own work or if you cheat. They're listening to your language. The world is watching me. And so when I lose my temper in line in an airport, which I did recently, about a year ago with my son Jacob, he and I were coming home from literally from preaching and a guy cut in front of me in the TSA line and I let him have it right in front of my son. And I'd been there preaching the gospel the day before. When we mess up, let the grace of God bring us back. Let the mercy and forgiveness of God wash you clean and remind you you're a city on a hill. But I've got one last thing to say. You can't be a city by yourself. You need each other. Brothers and sisters, mentors and coaches, pastors and shepherds, moms and dads, aunts, uncles, grandparents, coaches and friends. You can't be a city by yourself. It's impossible. We're in this together. We can, we can do this. You can do this. It's who you are. It's your purpose. It's God's purpose for us. You are the light of the world, the salt of the earth, the city on a hill. And remember that your purpose is to know Jesus and make Jesus 
know. Each one of us needs to know that our life matters and that we have a reason for existence. You can bring glory to God with your life. You're that valuable to God. Your purpose is to know Jesus and make Jesus known, to be a city on a hill, to be the salt of the earth, to be the light of the world. But one practical way that you can be the light of the world is to join in community with other believers in your local church, to be involved in Bible studies, prayer meetings, to have people you can go to to help you shine that bright light. You can't do it by yourself. I hope this message from Crossers Winter Conference has encouraged you to be who God has called you to be. Let's go for it for His glory. If you'd like to hear this message again, send it to a friend, or learn how to take a next step in your walk with Jesus, check us out at ClaytonKing.com.